1994, South Africa was at a critical juncture. The era of apartheid, a system of racial segregation and discrimination, was coming to an end. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or TRC, was established to address the atrocities committed during this period and promote healing and reconciliation. One of the most remarkable testimonies came from a man named Adrian Vlock, who served as the Minister of Law and Order. Yeah, I can only imagine what that was like during the apartheid era. Vlock was responsible for implementing and enforcing oppressive laws that targeted non-white communities and perpetuated racial divisions. In 1998, Vlock made a bold and unprecedented decision. He sought forgiveness from one of his former adversaries, Reverend Frank Chicane, a prominent anti-apartheid activist who had been targeted by the apartheid regime. It was Vlock who tried to implement the assassination of Chikane. Vlock, filled with remorse and a desire to make amends, secretly visited Chikane's office and handed him a small gift. Chikane unwrapped it to find a small towel stained with oil. Confused, Chikane noticed a note attached that read, I washed your feet. This symbolic act was an expression of humility and a plea for forgiveness. Moved by Vlock's gesture, Chikane publicly forgave him during a TRC hearing, stating that he accepted the apology and believed in the power of reconciliation. This act of forgiveness between former adversaries captured the attention of the nation and became a powerful symbol of South Africa's journey towards healing and unity. Vlock's public act of seeking forgiveness and Chikane's willingness to grant it showcase the transformative power of forgiveness and its potential break or its potential to break the cycle of bitterness and hatred. Their story serves as a reminder that no matter how deep the wounds caused by past actions, seeking forgiveness has the ability to bring about healing, reconciliation, and the potential for a brighter future. Welcome to the It Just Is podcast. I am your host, Michael Smalley, and we have landed today, as you might have guessed, on step nine, which reads in the RISE 12-step study, repair any harm I can without hurting anyone else. The verse attached here with step nine is from Matthew 5, 23 and 24. This is the message version. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and, about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then, come back and work things out with God. Here's the promise of step nine. Our whole attitude and outlook on life will change. That's the promise in step nine, and we're actually going to cover quite a few of the promises that are adapted, of course, from the 12-step AA program. But, you know, if you've been listening to any of the past shows, you know that as I sat through AA meeting after AA meeting for myself, it just became so blatantly obvious that why in the world isn't everybody 
living this kind of 12-step lifestyle, and it doesn't just have to be for alcohol. And that's why the Rise Step study is edited to fit a model against signature sin. So check it out at smalleyinstitute.com. You can you can join the program. You can become a state classy member, which is supports the podcast, or you could upgrade that experience to a VIP membership. The point though, you get daily coaching live with me, where you can log in, listen to the podcast getting recorded live, and then we have Q&A over whatever ails you or whatever is, um, whatever you're struggling with, you can bring Monday through Thursday. Smalleyinstitute.com, check it out. And I'm now looking through, I have these 19 pearls of wisdom and I like to choose one for each day. And it's funny, no matter how hard I try to be organized for this little show of mine, You know, my ADD and personality get in the way every time, so I forgot to actually already pick one. What would be a good pearl of wisdom? How about, um, well, I'll end every show with that one. That's not a good idea. Now you get to hear my free association. How about, I've probably already used this one. You know what? You know what one I haven't used yet? Number three here. Easy does it. Easy does it. That is your pearl of wisdom for the day. And I think it actually fits with step nine, which in step eight, you can listen to that show. It was the previously recorded show where you kind of listed down, hey, Who do I need to be making amends with? Step nine is where you go and make those amends with people that you have wrecked through your signature sin. As long as you're not going to cause further harm, right? So again, potentially you have behaved so badly that someone had to cut you off. And usually, you know, look, if, if your signature sin involved anything that was toxic or emotionally, physically abusive, is there is there healing for people that have been physically abusive to another person? Of course there is. God is not limited by our sin. There's not certain sins that you cannot overcome and that, honestly, God cannot use. He can use all of it. So maybe that is you. Maybe you're listening to this going, no, you don't get it. I have done such evil against people. I, you know, I'm unredeemable, which is a lie from the pit of hell. That's just not true. You are redeemable if you're willing to be honest about your past, if you're willing to be honest about your sin. And, but that's the point here with step nine is maybe, look, if that's you, it, you might end up causing more harm going to someone that you treated abusively. And so you, you really do have to take this seriously that I can't just now that I feel bad or now that I own my part, now that I realize the damage I've caused, 
I have to be sensitive to that. If, if certain people have cut me off because of my past behavior, I need to respect that boundary. And so there might be people on your list that you would actually cause more harm to. And you can't just dismiss that. Yeah, but I've changed now. Yeah, but I'm a different person now. Well, that might be true. But that doesn't mean they're ready to see you again. And you can re-traumatize them by forcing past their boundary. So you still have to respect the boundaries. The one thing you need to know about step nine is that the action continues, right? The, a big part of this 12-step lifestyle is it, it takes work. You have to do things. We have to act. And it doesn't mean that the power isn't coming from us to act. That power has to be coming from Christ to act, but it still requires our action, which is why step nine is about, okay, in step eight, you figured out who are the people that I have gravely wounded. And step nine is now I need to go and make things correct. I need to Start making amends like the story I shared in the opening of Vlock, which is a really just terrible name to say out loud, Vlock and Chikane. Step nine is an incredible opportunity to do some really powerful healing, not only in your life, but potentially in the lives of others, if people are willing and, and if you remember in step eight, I talked about, look, don't, don't base your amends or going to repair the damage that you've done in other people's lives. Don't base that on outcome. Like, hey, I'm going to do this and they're going to love me again. I'm going to do this and we're going to be in relationship again. That's not necessarily going to happen. Now, you're giving it the best opportunity to happen. But it may not. And so in step nine, there's three big things you've really got to surrender. My hesitation in taking action. So what does that mean? It means that step nine can be really, really hard because you're deeply owning the damage that you have done because of your signature sin. And that is understandably going to cause some hesitation. Oh boy. Or you could be fearful that, man, if I go, I go to this person, it's going to open up all these old wounds in my own life. And, and potentially they egregiously wounded you as well. And so there's going to be a lot of hesitation in taking action. And you have to surrender that. Lord, I'm feeling paralyzed. Lord, I don't know if I can do this. Tell him I can't, but I know you can and be open to him moving you forward and just be willing to be totally and completely obedient to the power of the Holy Spirit. You need to surrender the fear they won't accept my repair attempt. You got to let that go. You've got to surrender that going, well, yeah, but I mean, look, it will tell you who you are and why you're doing what you're doing here in step nine. If you approach someone and attempt to do a good repair attempt, so not some half-ass, ridiculous, 
well, you know, I mean, I guess I could have handled it different or you've kept it at a 50,000 foot level, right? Where you're not really, you're kind of only like, yeah, generally I'm starting to understand and I'm hoping you might forgive me that I, I tended to be sort of controlling. That's a terrible attempt, especially if you were abusive, especially if you were overwhelmingly manipulative. You need to be specific and you need to be brutally honest about what you did. And it's okay to fear that they might not accept it because guess what? They may not. Guess what? You may have so have messed them up that all this attempt, however genuine it may be in your own life, they might not believe that this is really happening. They might still be convinced that you're that same manipulative, controlling jerk that nearly destroyed their lives. And guess what? It'll tell you, it'll show them who you are based on how you respond or react to their refusing to accept your repair attempt. Think about that for a moment. If you respond poorly, so if you think that you're going into a repair attempt with an open, honest, authentic heart just to just to make amends for the damage you've caused, and then you react poorly when they don't receive it, or if they don't, they might tell you, screw off, get out of here. I don't ever want to hear or see from you again. They might, I mean, you know, again, if they were one of my clients, I'd be like, it's not the greatest response. However, that might be where they are. Or perhaps the damage you did is so extensive that it's nearly impossible for them to believe that this is real. And if you react negatively, negatively to that, well, guess what? You've told them it's not real. This was all a ruse. I did this as a highly creative way to manipulate you once again. So you've got to surrender the fear they won't accept my repair attempt. Because if they don't, you have to be gracious and, and you have to be able to own it and go, I get it. I understand why this is kind of impossible to believe. So I will leave you alone. I'm going to back out. I'm walking out the door. And I mean, you could potentially say something like, look, if this ever changes, but I'm, I'm willing, I'm going to spend the rest of my life showing you that I've changed and that's okay if you're not able to see that. Cause I get it. The damage that I caused was extensive and you have to surrender. Once again, you have to surrender that fear of outcome. You cannot go into these amends with the need for it to go well, because obviously what what would it look like if it went well? There might be some tears of joy. There might be some hugging, some embracing, some acceptance of your repair attempt, which would be extraordinary and it would be awesome. It may not happen. Step nine is about taking action and making amends to those hurt by our signature sin. And we do this by identifying the hurt or harm or the harm we caused, number one. Number two, finding out how we can make it right. It is not about saying, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. My dad used to say that to tease my oldest sister, my old, the oldest sibling, my older sister, because she would say I'm sorry a lot because she broke a lot of stuff because she was unbelievably, catastrophically uncoordinated. There are so many memories popping into my head when she broke my disc band, my Sony disc band or Walkman thing. Oh, come on, I just want to listen to music. I'm in the camper. What could I possibly do to break it? Somehow, jumping off the like bed above the driver's seat, simultaneously knocking my Walkman onto the floor, jumping simultaneously and landing on said Walkman and destroying it. Or the time I asked her to throw me some like metal water canister from, you know, I'm like, hey, toss me that water bottle. She's like three feet from me. And she just hurls it at 97 miles an hour and whaps me right in the face, knocking me almost unconscious. I'm sorry. This is not about I'm sorry. That is not what step nine is. Step nine is about taking ownership of our part without hesitation, without excuses, and without explaining. This step provides peace of mind, relief, and liberation from the chains of regret. You think, and you have been terrified for so long, if I acknowledge this error, if I acknowledge my faults, if I acknowledge my sin to this person, they will abuse me. They will take advantage of me. They're going to do all the same beep that I did to them right back at me. And it's just not true when we own it. And when we go to people, I kind of I kind of feel like I haven't listened to it because I don't necessarily want to listen to my own shows. But I know I got a little bit into my step nine with my daughter, Reagan. And I, I can't remember, honestly, if I, you know, wrap that up well enough or if I. But, you know, when I went to my daughter during the step nine, initially I was like, I can't even think of a major thing that I haven't, frankly, already sought amends for because I, I, I made that, you know, that's, it's not like it had never been a priority in my life. And so when I called her, I was like, hey, I am so sorry, but I, you know, I, I want to do a step nine with you, but I, I'm not totally, I can't think of anything really specific. And that's when she started crying. She's like, dad, you lied to me. I asked you if drinking had become a problem and you told me no. And she started to cry. Like I had really wounded her. And instead of getting defensive, instead of making excuses, instead of explaining, I cried a little bit and went, you're right. I did. And that was wrong. What can I do to repair this with you? That's what step nine is about. If someone's willing to hear you, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. You are taking, in step nine, you are taking complete and total ownership of your part without hesitation, without excuses, and without explaining. And then you've got to, if you're really going to do this step nine right, is there anything I can do to repair the damage I've caused in your life? But here's step nine's true purpose. Step nine's true purpose 
is to be of maximum service to God and the people around us. That's what Matthew 5, 23 and 24 makes it a clear priority of God that we make right, that we make right the wrongs done to others. And don't even bother approaching God if we're not actively doing our step nine, which by the way, step nine is one of those steps that you will continually and repeatedly come back to over and over again. Because again, we are not solving sin through this 12-step lifestyle. What we're doing is to the best of our ability, responding and reacting to our sin that we will continually do in the most healthy, God-honoring way so that we can at least have moments of freedom and serenity and peace on this earth. Even though people will continue sinning against us and even though we will continue sinning against people. We do a step nine because God's like, I will have nothing to do with you. If there are people out there that you have massively wronged and you're just blowing off and, ah, you know, too much effort. Ah, I don't want to feel bad about my past terrible decisions or anything. Ah. Yeah, good luck with that because you cut yourself off from God. And here's the truth. The choice is ours. Do we want more chaos? Do we want more broken relationships? Do you want more depression or anxiety? Do we want more feelings of uselessness, fear, or unhappiness? These states of mind prevent us from being useful to God and others. Or or do we want freedom from the bondage of the flaws in our character, causing our, fa- our failure in the first place? Remember the promises of working these steps. Promise number one, we are going to know a new freedom and happiness. Promise number two, we will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. These are the reasons, these are the results of us working these 12 steps. Promise number three, we will comprehend the word serenity. Promise number four, we will know peace. Promise number five, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Promise number six, the feeling of uselessness and self-pity disappears. Promise number seven, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Promise number eight, self-seeking will slip away. Promise number nine, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Promise 10, fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Promise 11, we will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. Promise number 12, we will suddenly realize God is doing what we cannot do for ourselves. Myths about this step. The first one, we have to just, you know, a myth about step nine. We have to disclose every detail of our mistakes. Look, here's the problem. Full disclosure may harm the one with whom we are making amends or quite often other people. We will not feel better increasing the burden of another. So it doesn't mean that, again, you ha- 
Look, especially if you have traumatized someone, that is not going to be a good idea to go back and 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 recount in detail specifically how you traumatized them. You might need to go, I am now finally understanding how I traumatized you. You need to be able to generalize that a little bit, right? But don't soften the blow. I know I may have made a mistake here or there. No, if you traumatize, you need to own it. I, I get it now. I get what an evil mess I created for you and us or our family or just you. The other myth is the goal is to get them to like us again. This step is not about getting back in the good graces of those we harmed. It is about our willingness to do the footwork, take action, and leave the results up to God. We do not control the outcome, only the work to get us there. Are you taking step nine? Well, here's a good little checklist. Once again, just answer yes or no. Do you understand this step will provide you with peace of mind, relief, and liberation from the chains of regret? Are you ready to take the full consequences of your past actions and to take responsibility for the well-being of others? Are you ready to use good judgment, have a careful sense of timing, and be courageous and cautious in making amends? Are you prepared to take your time, not say anything that will harm others, and not mistake carefulness for avoidance? Mm. Are you ready to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience? Are you ready to admit to God that are you, wow, are you ready to admit God cannot do for you what you can do for yourself? God has his job and you have your job. And finally here, have you begun the process of your amends from step eight? So the names and the people that you wrote down and acknowledged that you need to make amends with, are you doing it yet? And remember, you can go on to step 10 before you've completed that entire list because that might take you. I, I mean, I heard testimonies and meetings, man, guys, some guys and ladies had five, 10 years worth of amends to make, right? They had to drive to different states, right? I mean, it took time and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're stuck in perpetuity on step nine. It just means that you'd better take that list seriously and don't blow it off. If you can answer yes to those questions I just asked, you're doing it. You're taking step nine. I encourage you in the step study to write your own prayer to God, asking for the willingness to make amends wherever possible, except when to do so would cause further injury. So go to God. You know, an example I give in the study, Father, give me the willingness to make amends to the people on my list. I ask for courage to follow through and eagerness to honor you and others. Help me obey your commands to make amends. Give me a willing spirit 
remind me to let go of any outcomes or defensiveness. Amen. And now I encourage you, come up with your own step nine prayer. Go to God. Ask him. If you're a member of the podcast or the VIP community, on step nine, you can download the repair inventory. And what I do is I encourage you to fill that out to its entirety. Fill it out completely. Don't delay. Put in the work and the emotional energy that it takes to do this. You won't regret it because of those promises I read out earlier in this very podcast episode. And remember, look, if you're enjoying the podcast, become a member. Become a state classy member and take your personal growth to the next level. You can do so at smalleyinstitute.com. That's S-M-A-L-L-E-Y institute.com. And start your daily coaching live with me. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Your will, not ours, be done. And remember, keep listening, because it works if you work it.